0: Ah, I love that song. All right, welcome back to the big program. We're just uh, waiting, calling uh, Tim Hamlin, James's dad. After a great performance on Saturday, uh, as mentioned, the Oilers will go eleven and seven tonight in Florida against the Panthers as they try to get back on the winning track after a six four loss in Tampa Bay on Saturday. Uh, Cal Pickard will start in goal for the Oilers. Phil Broberg will draw back in, and it looks like the Oilers will go eleven and seven. So 11 forwards and seven blue liners against Florida. And one, you know, it's a, it's a big break for the Oilers as Alexander Barkov will not be in action tonight. Barkov, widely, widely considered as one of the top one or two defensive forwards to go along with some patented offense. So very good player that the Oilers will not have to face tonight. Sam Reinhardt off to a fabulous start for Florida. 17 games, 13 goals, 11 assists. All right. Let's welcome in Tim Hamlin to uh, Sports fourteen forty. James's dad, Tim. Uh, welcome to Sports fourteen forty. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Well, doing great. And thanks so much for coming on. I was texting uh, James yesterday and texted with you and uh, you bang. You guys were like, yeah. Well, let's 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 talk about uh, what happened on Saturday. And boy, you know when you were probably watching that game, you must the heartstrings had to have tugged for sure when James scored his first NHL goal. Can you kind of please just try and put all your emotions uh, that you saw into words.
1: Well, we were, I mean, obviously it was excitement. Uh, um, actually, it's kind of funny. Uh, we were still cleaning up the wine from uh, when he scored. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were I had uh, James's uh, uh, girlfriend's parents over and a friend of mine, Kevin, and oh. we were watching the, the game and uh, we were having a little bit of wine. And um, when he scored, our, we just, went nuts obviously and our dog went nuts (laughs) he jumped up hit my hand and uh i held onto the glass but there's wine everywhere
0: (laughs) red wine or white wine oh
1: red wine oh boy
0: yeah oh it must have been such a an emotional time so what was the that everyone again you're jumping around and i'm sure you're hugging each other and things like that
1: oh yeah for sure It, it was you know um yeah yeah it was just everyone was all excited jumping um, yeah
0: (laughs) yeah so when James I guess so he scores and I mean this was a beautiful goal top shelf and a good wrister and then he does you know he dedicates it to to mom to Gina to your wife that passed away six years ago Uh, you you saw that I'm sure you knew exactly what he was kind of doing and thinking I would
1: imagine Well, I didn't know ahead of time that he would have done that, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew he, there was, if he ever did that, uh, there would be something to his mom. I didn't know exactly what, but when he did it, um, yeah, no, he knew exactly what he was saying and and who he was putting it to and, you know, missing his mom and everything. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, um, she would have uh, loved to have been there for that. I mean, that's, you know, her life would have been fulfilled, kind of thing.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so Gina passed away uh six years ago as we we're speaking with Tim Hamlin, James's uh father. You know, I, I can't imagine how hard it was for you, and you know, James being a, a younger, younger man at that time. Um, but there was a story I think, and I uh, you had discussed it with a few people about you know, at, at that time, and James was you know possibly going to Boston to for a pro tryout and he wasn't sure exactly what was going on can you kind of just discuss that and how i guess Gina said you're going kind of thing is that how Yeah
1: it, it was uh it was kind of a, a freaky or, or not freaky it was um uh, a surreal kind of moment um we uh James had um uh, got this invite to go to rookie camp for Boston and um Gina was of course uh Very sick at that point, and, uh, I mean, she was not very strong. There was, uh, uh, you know, uh, really unable to get out of the chair kind of thing, and quite sedated and quite, uh, you know, on painkillers as well. And uh, she was sitting in the living room, uh, sort of in front of the TV area, and we were in the kitchen, and James was downstairs packing for going to Boston. And he comes to me and he goes, I don't know what to do. I mean, mom, I don't know, you know, she doesn't have long and should I go? And, and, you know, and we were just discussing it and out of nowhere, like she, I said, she was quite sedated and, and not all of a sudden she sat upright in the chair and said, wait a minute. No, no, you're going to Boston. Uh, you're going to Boston. No question. And she didn't want to stand, uh, you know, her being sick and the way she was, standing in the way. And she was adamant. So he went to Boston. And uh, when she was in Boston, or he was in Boston, uh, she passed away. Hmm. So.
0: Oh, just an uh, emotional uh, story. Thanks for sharing that with, uh, with us, Tim, and our listeners. Uh, Tim Hamlin, uh, father of James, uh, and uh, just thanks for, for sharing that story because it would have been a very uh, you know tough time. I can't imagine what it would have been like for you guys. So the, the journey that you saw James go on from there, I mean, we're looking at a, a real younger guy and still trying to find his way, so... Man, what was it like to kind of, I guess, be there for him as a father during a difficult time to to see him keep growing, you know, not just as a, a player on the ice in Medicine Hat and moving forward and into Bakersfield and things like that, but, you know, just to see a young man growing as well.
1: Yeah, no, he, um, I, you can almost say that um, his mom passing away was uh, – uh, I don't know a bit of. Uh, I'll say a motivator. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I can't let her down. And mm-hmm. uh, he's extremely hard worker and trains really hard. I mean, uh, this past summer, I think he put on fifteen pounds, fifteen eighteen pounds, uh, just training. And not and uh, he's very dedicated that way. And um, yeah, it you know I can't let her down, mm-hmm. kind of thing.
0: Uh, Tim, when uh, you know when, when James was kind of starting out here at Southside Athletic Club, you think of all those guys on that team and how they're still such great friends to this day. And a lot of them, you know, obviously in the NHL, guys like Stuart Skinner. We just had Matt Berlin on; he was a teammate, yeah, right. you know, yeah. back then. So it, just that core group was quite amazing to see all these guys be so successful.
1: Oh yeah, I mean that was um i'll call it I, I i call it the last great southside athletic club team <laughs> um it was it was one really good team i mean uh was first year most of those guys were all second years and uh that team uh came together there was uh um uh, uh this is kind of a, a james story but uh they were playing um in, uh, uh, Sherwood park. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was, uh, the playoff series, best two out of three, we'd won the first game. Um, they won the, uh, the second game in Sherwood park and it came down to the, the final game. And, uh, we show up for the, uh, the game. And James looks at me and goes, dad, our season isn't going to end today. Huh. And, uh, so I, uh, you know, I go, I, um, go back home because he's always two hours before the game. Uh, come back for the game and I'm standing there watching the game and uh, it was, uh, you look at who was playing in the game. It was, you know, you had Tyler Benson at, at center for us. You had mm-hmm. Stuart Skinner in the goal. The other team had Sam Steele. You had uh, Carter Hart in goal mm-hmm. for them. Um, those are some big names and uh, uh, James scored a hat trick <laughs> and it was, um, it was a big game, but him telling me before the game dad this season isn't going to end but uh you know and from then on it was just uh really cool and to see the um uh the the way the whole team the the way the different players on the team and where they ended up and how many of them ended up in the whl or or, uh you know those kind of places it's really cool and then i mean Stu and james are still really good friends to this day and you know that's really cool
0: Tim Hamlin, a great story. James's father. And, you know, I went to every one of those games, uh, Tim, because that was at Bill Hunter Arena. You couldn't uh, ask for better hockey at that time. Oh, yeah. oh they were fabulous. And then to see everyone, uh, you know, move on, and to be honest with you, I I don't know if you ever saw this, but when I was working at Global Tim, I had to go through the uh, archives from 10 years ago, and I found all those goals, those hat-trick goals that you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) uh, because we had a camera there, and obviously because it was such a a big game with all those, you know, between Benson and Steele, I mean, those two guys were the top two guys in the Bantam draft, and... Oh, yeah. You know, so it was... uh, That that,
1: that was cool. It It was a cool time, it was a cool team, and... I mean even uh you know, when uh, James um got called up last year and uh and uh, Taylor Harnett mm-hmm. calls James up and gives him a big you know, out of boy kind of thing, uh, you know, that Taylor Harnett being their yeah. head coach that year yeah. and it was just uh yeah, it it was and then to see them now and even the other guys, some of them aren't in the NHL, but how how far they all made it,
0: mm-hmm. you know. Just like Matt Berlin, like, I mean, again, there's another story there.
1: Yeah, E-Bug gets to play a (laughs) game for the Oilers, that's cool. I mean, if you look at last year uh, with James, uh, Tyler Benson, um, and Matt Berlin coming up, and then Stuart Skinner, that's four guys from that team playing on the Oilers in one season.
0: Yeah, it's it's totally remarkable uh, tim hamlin uh, is our guest on sports uh, 1440 uh, i've had a golf tournament for 20 years i just texted jim out of, uh, james out of the blue tim uh, last year and he goes yeah i'll be there he was like he was yeah. one of the he was like the first guy that you know responded you know from current day oilers so i can't say uh, enough about your son his demeanor his his attitude his work ethic so i i just can you just kind of again try to put into words how proud you are of his journey and and what you saw again on saturday
1: well it, i don't, <laughs> you you you, you're, you know how proud you are every hockey dad that's your You know, your your dream, you got your son and he's out there and, and you you know, every move he makes, you're you're watching and you're hanging on every edge of everything that goes on and you you have no control over it, you have no uh, anything, but when he does something like he did on the weekend, you're just, your chest is Mm. pounding, you know, it's sticking out and you're just grinning ear to ear.
0: You know, it's I, one of those things. Oh, again, uh, uh, just thanks for sharing your your emotions and everything like that. I just wanted to share a couple texts with you, Tim. This comes from North Northside Sam Kevin. My mother passed away in two thousand seven when I was twenty seven years old. Hearing Mr. Hamlin talking about his wife and the story about James going to Boston has me in tears in my car this morning. I wish them all the best and that comes from Northside Sam and then we had one earlier this morning and it came from Franco and I'm assuming that you you know who this is uh, Tim so it just says uh, f- this is from Franco uh, new new Tim and Gina uh, James's parents amazing I worked with Gina at Petro Canada hard workers oh. at Active Fit uh, Gina had her pilot's license um, so yep <laughs> she determined both lived with a, a love for life amazing wife and mother and daughter uh they and she would be, be both so proud of James and his success uh, as far as a local guy who uh, made it to the NHL. Uh, wa- Wish them the very best and want James to continue to push his games further with the Oilers. That comes from Franco, I assume, sort of a family friend,
1: uh, a work friend of Genus.
0: There you work, go. So a work friend of genus, yes. Um, uh,
1: could you? Yeah, she did have her pri- pilot's license. You name it, she could drive it.
0: Oh wow, that's. I mean, did you did you have did you go up and did, and things like that? How did that work?
1: Like- uh, we did when we were first um married she used to take me up. Mm-hmm. Um I hate to say it though we were uh, witness to a, a plane crash and oh. she never actually flew after that. Okay. Um but uh she could drive a uh, a motorcycle, uh fly a plane, uh drive a semi. Um oh. she you name it she could do it. That's if a- it was motorized forklift, she did that. Um yeah, she she was good with motor vehicles.
0: <laughs> that oh, gee, that's <laughs> pretty impressive. Could you maybe describe what, maybe, you know, if, if she were to watch that on Saturday? I mean, I mean, the, I think there probably would have been a lot more red wine spilled in the house, huh?
1: Oh, yeah, probably a lot more. Um, she, uh, yeah, no, she was the, the quintessential hockey mom. Uh, she would have been jumping up and down, and uh, um, you called me and said hey you want to come on and talk about it she would have called you (laughs) (laughs) she would have told let everybody know
0: Oh, just an amazing uh, stories that you shared with us, uh, Tim. Really appreciate all your time. Um, I assume you'll be hoping for maybe another James Hamlin goal tonight and an Oilers, and an Oilers victory in, in in Florida because it's a great story and and, and uh, you can just see how hard James is working on the ice and how much he wants to keep uh, you know his place in the lineup and 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 everything like that because man, you, you just really everyone's just pulling for him so hard. And uh, you've got to be so proud again.
1: Yeah, thank you. And Yeah, it's awesome. Well, thanks. And, yeah, yeah. win. They need a win.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we were just saying, like, we had Mark Spector on earlier, and, you know, that would have been the number one story on Saturday had the Oilers, you know, won. Yep. you know, but it just, as he said, it kind of got pushed down a little bit in the queue. But uh, maybe uh, uh, a goal and a win tonight—that would be just what the yeah, fans are would, looking Yeah,
1: that for. would make, that would cap things off immensely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I appreciate all your time, Tim. Today, thanks for coming on, and hopefully, we can see you down at the rink, and uh, I'll, buy oh, you, yeah. I'll buy you a red wine. How's that sound? Uh,
1: beer at the at the Bears games. <laughs> uh,
0: there you go. And you used to you were a wide receiver for the Golden Bears.
1: Yes, yeah, so I played for the Golden Bears. Yes.
0: Well, oh, how many years did you play there?
1: Uh, only two. I played uh, Huskies before that. Okay. Uh, four years with the Huskies, two years with the Golden Bears, and yeah, <laughs> well. it was funny when uh, Knobloch got uh, pulled up. It was mm-hmm. like, I know that name. Where do I know that name from? Yeah. I at, oh, Of course, we watch. We used to go watch him play all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Well, okay. While you're on for that next Golden Bears game, uh, <laughs> the Duke and I will be buying you a beer. We appreciate all okay. your time. Okay. Thanks, Tim. Okay, thanks. That's uh, Tim Hamlin. Boy, some uh, great stories. Emotional. Oh. And if you're not pulling for James Hamlin, you don't know what you're pulling for. When we come back, we will preview tonight's Oilers and Florida game. Bill Lindsay, Panthers color analyst and our puck report, coming up right after the break on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Oh, Duke thumping with that one, baby. Uh, Uh, Time now for the uh, Puck Report, brought to you by Fountain Tire. Right now, during the Road Ready Sales event, you can save up $225 on select tires and a bonus of $50 off any service until December 16th. Book your appointment at FountainTire.com. Some restrictions do apply. And let's welcome in uh, Bill Lindsay, Florida Panthers color analyst. Uh, Good morning, Bill. Welcome to Sports 1440. Thank you. How's everything up in Edmonton? Well, it's been a a wild few weeks, as you can well imagine, with the coaching change and everything that's uh, happened regarding the Oilers. But uh, I think kind of getting a little bit back to normal as far as uh, where the team is is headed despite a loss on Saturday. But looking forward to tonight's game against the Panthers. And boy, the Florida Panthers, you haven't really even felt any bit of a, a Stanley Cup final hangover at all. The Panthers seem to be kind of picking up where they left off. How have you seen so far this season uh, the Panthers on the ice?
2: They're good. They were good last year in the second half. It took a while last year for Paul Maurice to discover the identity of this team. But after January 1st and after the All-Star break, they were up there with the top teams in the league. Many said it was a surprise run. They got hot at the right time. It was a team that just really found themselves in the second half of the season, was able to scrape into the playoffs. They were fortunate to get in, but when they got in, they were playing their best hockey of the year and went through the trials and tribulations of that postseason run, the ups and downs, the comebacks from Boston. So they were a, they were a confident group. A lot of belief. Montour, Ekblad were out to start the year. Everyone kind of was writing off the Panthers as maybe the team to fall out of it in the Atlantic division where I saw it with the spark and Kachuk and all then Bill Zito went out and gets all these defensemen to fill and stop gaps and they were really good at the start of the year and Paul Maurice I talked to him and said this team at the start of the year was light years ahead of where they were at last year defensively he said we were going to have to struggle to score goals mm-hmm. but defensively We are exactly where we were in the playoffs and even better. He was excited about that. And if you look and go down and dig into the stats analytically, one of the best defensive teams across the board. That's how they've been able to win games. Now you get Montour and Ekblad back. No surprise. They want to back it up. They want to prove that they weren't a fluke. But this is a, a solid, solid group that they have down here. And Bill Zito and Paul Maurice done a really good job just kind of keeping it together.
0: Bill Lindsay, Florida Panthers color analyst, our guest on Sports 1440. You mentioned uh, Paul Maurice several times in your first response there, Bill. You played for many coaches in the NHL. You've worked with many coaches now doing uh, color. What's it like to kind of see Paul Maurice on a day-to-day basis uh, in Florida?
2: He's excited. It was for him to come down here and had his kids working down here and, and were close by. They were they were. Uh, in the area, so it was a chance to be around around his kids and family, and take over a, a job that he was talking about. Winnipeg, and it, it, it's tough there in that market in Winnipeg, and just kind of got beat down and worn down. Yeah. He was rejuvenated. There's a smile on his face. He's having fun coming. Coming to the room, and there's a lot of belief. He pushes these guys hard, but there's a good communication both ways. He's awesome with the media. He's up front. You ask him a question, he'll just tell you bluntly, yeah, this is it. This is what we're doing wrong. This is what we have to fix. So from a media perspective, (laughs) it's it's nice to go in and just get a coach that's going to give you a straightforward answer. But his coaching style and what he's been able to translate to this team where they won the President's Trophy – and then they get Paul Maurice, and he said we have to change our style. And that's where I talked about that identity. He knew that they had to be a dump and chase, hang on to it in the offensive zone type of team if they want to win in the playoffs. And that's where they got to in the second half of last year. And that's where they're at this year. They dump pucks, they work cycle plays, get it back to the point, screens in front, deflections. It's, it's not running gun. They don't get a lot of chances off the rush. That may be hopefully changed with Montour and Ekwad back. But they'll punish you off the forecheck, and when they're in their defensive end, they're just not going to give you much. So Paul Maurice changed the identity and sculpted this team to to his own mold and what he felt would build a winner, and it, it almost did build an ultimate winner last year.
0: Oh, very close, for sure. Bill Lindsay, Florida Panthers uh, analyst on Sports 1440. Is Alexander Barkov good to go tonight, or is he not going to be in the lineup?
2: Uh, it's going to be a little bit. There's some swelling there, but the good news is on that knee to knee collision, not it doesn't look like it's going to be as bad as they initially thought. And that's one player in our lineup. If you look down, he he falls. He's not. He's as important to us sure. as McDavid or Dry at to Edmonton. So uh, it looks like we'll maybe miss him tonight, but it's going to be shorter. Than expected, and that's the good news for the Panthers.
0: He's just a wonderful, wonderful two two way player. Um, Sam Reinhardt off to a very good start for the Panthers. Uh, he's in a contract year. Is there a chance that they can work something out here moving forward, or are they just going to kind of let things play out and see what happens as the year progresses?
1: Yeah, we
2: got a lot of stuff. To, <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to figure <laughs> out. Uh, we got Montour. We got we got Reinhardt. We got Gustav and we're already up against the salary uh-huh. cap and we got Spencer Knight down in the minors making 4 million dollars that doesn't count but if he was to come up for some reason we got to jump through some through some through, through some hoops and we've got to make some decisions on players but Sam Reinhardt yeah you watch him play and maybe does not get enough credit he rated out last year with some of the analytics I'm not sure what they were measured by as our best defensive forward, if you can believe that. And Paul Maurice says his hockey IQ is through the roof. He goes to him and he sees the game and he'll actually go to Reinhardt and ask him a lot of questions. What do you see? And he values his opinion because he sees the game so well. So the scoring chances that weren't going in at the start of last year are going in at the start of this year. It's a contract year. Uh, They would love to have him back in the fold. It's, it's just trying to figure out how do you get all these guys and the money back into the fold. It's it's going to be a something that Bill Zito is going to have to figure out who he wants and doesn't want. But Reinhardt has been a catalyst this year.
0: Bill Lindsay, our guest on Sports 1440, color analyst for the Florida Panthers. How would you assess the play of Matthew Kachuk so far, uh, 17 games into the season, Bill?
2: It's been good. Yeah, he's, he's doing what he does. It'll get there. It's, it's around a point a game. There's going to be there's going to be a, a spot here where it takes off. It's you look at Edmonton, the same type of mm-hmm. thing. It's some of that power play production is down for us. And when you, uh, if you look at Edmonton and some of the numbers, if if you don't get those, those power play points and kind of pad your totals, sometimes, sometimes it can hurt, but he, mm-hmm. he, he, he'll welcome Bennett back in the lineup. Bennett's been missing. He has a lot of great chemistry with Bennett and Verhage and, uh, Bennett's starting to play better, get better, and that will follow with Kachuk. But Kachuk's uh, he's doing what he always does. He's been around the net. The shooting percentage is just the pucks aren't going in at the rate that they were last year, but he's, you watch him play, it's consistent. Uh, I don't notice anything different. Mm. It's it's hard work. It's around the net. uh, It's tenacity. So, it's a a lot of similarities to last year. The goal is have him come quite as easily. That's that's the only difference. But I believe throughout an 80-game season, you'll see Kachuk around that 90-100 point mark at the end of the year. He's just too good and too mm-hmm. consistent not to end up there.
0: Uh, the Oilers will go with uh, seven defensemen tonight, 11 forwards, and maybe the seven D-men uh, with Philip Broberg drawing in, Bill, uh, has something to do with, as you mentioned, the great and the cycle in the offensive zone that the Florida Panthers are known for, and maybe it adds a little bit more, I don't know, speed and some skating ability with Brober coming in, but uh, also Cal Pickard will get the uh, start for the Oilers in goal, so he makes his debut for the Oilers. When the Oilers come to town, is there still that buzz, little draw, I guess, because of McDavid, dry settle? What's the feeling when they come to town, Bill? It's...
2: uh, For everyone, it's we had Chicago in here the other night and we were sold out for regard. The same thing with McDavid coming to town and, and dry and what we did last year in the playoffs, this team and we've, we've got a good fan base. They're They're, ex, they're, they're excited. They're the biggest draws yeah. in the NHL and McDavid's still the best player in the NHL. It's you get those guys and you get dry only one time a year. Those are tickets that are tough, to, tough to pass up. It's, you just don't know what you're going to see when you when you watch 97 or you watch number 29 on the ice. They are they're such gifted talents. So our fan base, when we get a chance for to to bring in a team like Edmonton, we're excited uh, for it. Uh, I know our diehards and everyone that that follows hockey closely. This is mm-hmm. just once a year type of thing for us. So they gravitate towards it and. Uh, I'm I'm through the roof excited to see it. Even though Edmonton's off to a slow start, it's from me as a broadcaster. Now I become a partial fan when yeah. these players come into the building, and it's exciting to me to to see these star players and see, see them up close and personal. So they they definitely have the appeal they always did.
0: Panthers analyst Bill Lindsay, our guest on Sports fourteen forty, from an outsider's perspective, Bill, to see Connor McDavid off to the start, he is uh you know if you were to say he was fifth in scoring um you would go fifth league wide uh no it's fifth on the team he's fifth in team scoring on the Oilers so from an outsider's perspective have you been able to see anything that you've watched in order games that you go uh something right here
2: yeah I just, well, to me I, I don't know what the injury was
0: mm-hmm. just an oblique kind of the side
2: Ever since then, yeah, and if you're dealing with an oblique or something on the side, that's that's the only thing that I could maybe point to is that he's pay, playing through some injury and playing through some pain and trying to find uh, some chemistry with some some of the line mates. Uh, that's uh, maybe been an issue. But the uh, same thing that I said about Kachuk, he's just mm-hmm. in scoring. There's going to be a point here. With the Oilers and McDavid, if he does, if he's not, if he is healthy, assume assume that he gets back. Now that bleaks okay and he's hundred percent, there's going to be a.
0: Oh, I think we just lost Bill Lindsay We'll maybe try to hook up with Bill one more time. Uh, he just dropped out the. Yeah, for Connor McDavid to be fifth in scoring, you would go, oh, fifth in the league. No, he's fifth on the Oilers. The Oilers' power play has not been up to snuff to what it was last year. You know, they were basically one for three last year. They were at a one for three mark on the power play. This year, it's about 10 points down. Uh, Bill, I think we've got you back now. Can you hear us, Bill? Yeah,
2: sorry, Kevin. Yeah, I worries. I I was talking about McDavid. Yeah, Yeah, it's just, uh, the, the same thing I said about Kachuk. The, he'll he'll get a, a spot here where I imagine he'll get a through ten games he's going to have a twenty twenty five point outbreak. Mm-hmm. They just have they're unstoppable, and the, the the star players if they are healthy they get their numbers at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. There'll there'll be stretches maybe where they're they're a little bit down, but I guarantee you that maybe not one hundred and fifty points. McDavid's going to get 120 points. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd almost bet on it if he stays healthy and plays most of the games. So it's been a little bit down, maybe some injuries, chemistry with some other line mates, power play production not being quite the same that it was last year. Yeah, All that's going to tick upward for Edmonton. They need it to tick upward to get back in the playoff race. But I just I have too much respect for McDavid's game to see it just kind of Drop. It's not gonna drop and fall off the earth. He's just too good a player and he'll find it somewhere along the way.
0: Bill Lindsay with us on Sports 1440. Do you think some teams have figured out what the orders were doing or are doing on the power play bill? Because last year, as we were saying, was kind of going at a one for three clip about thirty two point four percent, uh ten points down this year. The first unit power play in particularly has had some struggles lately. Do you think some teams have, uh, are defending differently, doing things differently against the Oilers' vaulted power play?
2: Yeah, maybe somewhat. It's a, it's a power play that that you, you, you can't chase on because McDavid's all over the zone. It's not a standard, or dry settle's going to be here, or this guy's going to be in the bumper spot. There's so, mu- so much rotation and so much movement on that, that power play. Uh, I've seen just a lot more just collapsing down and if you want to move take it to the outside but we're just going to try and protect protect down and just mm-hmm. the old four-man kind of box and it, the, the if you try and be aggressive against that power play and the movements and you get cut out of position then you're done so I've seen some teams just make adjustments to just being more passive. Uh, and just maybe letting their goaltenders make some saves. that's maybe mm-hmm. the the only difference but it's still really tough to defend with the, with the constant movement but they, they these coaches study tape all the time and they dig down deep into it uh, so if you are going to continue to score you're maybe after gonna find a little bit different ways but it's still a creative power play with creative looks uh it was a secret to their success last year and We'll have to find. But that's the biggest difference, I guess, is just uh, I see a little bit more passive mm-hmm. approach to penalty killing against the, the Oilers than just being aggressive and trying to go at them.
0: Hey, Bill, is there a particular reason why the Panthers' uh, special teams have struggled, I guess, a little bit out of the gate, 22nd on the power play, 26th uh, on the, on the uh, penalty kill?
2: Yeah, the power play, you can't, you can't score on your chances. Uh, they're second in the NHL and expected goals for on the power play. <laughs> the, not, and you, 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 you have the second most you spend about 70% of the time in the offensive zone which is also second in the NHL so you're in the zone a lot and you're creating mm-hmm. chances so the, 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 and you get a lot from the slot uh, you're not scoring uh, that's why I talked about Kachuk and the power play and the numbers it's been there it's, uh, so that, that I expect to, to take an upward tick and go right the penalty killing has been an issue and, uh, Paul Maurice wants I talked about that. They want it to be aggressive and they want to go after it and they brought in some new personnel trying to to work around it and it just hasn't been in sync. They've they've got caught chasing, got caught out of position and that's that's an area that tonight to pay attention to was I talked about was we're talking about this Edmonton power play mm-hmm. and the penalty killing. Uh the one area, all all the defensive stuff, the penalty killing has not been good. It has not been sharp uh, they haven't won a lot of battles they've allowed the zone entries into the zone have been rather clean for the opposition it's an area that of all the areas that's one area that, that they need to clean up so that's probably the if you're looking at the game tonight and looking at two topics that you're going to dive into it would be the Edmonton power play against this penalty mm-hmm. penalty killing group of the Panthers
0: well bill appreciate your time and I, I feel for you every time that you have to do something with our old buddy Rod Peterson down there. Every time, you know, it must yeah, be. Rod, j- I've,
2: I've gotten to know Rod really well. Yeah. Um, it's just close. Uh, yeah, he's come down here and set up shop. But <laughs> yeah. He, he, he is uh, he's unique, but uh, I really enjoy it. You know what? He's a nice man, and uh, I've really enjoyed his company.
0: Yeah, I always say his quest for world domination down there. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so uh, enjoy the game tonight, uh, and uh, we'll talk soon. Appreciate your time. Thanks. All bro. right.
2: Thank you very
0: much. All right. That's Bill Lindsay, Florida Panthers color analyst as the Oilers take on the Big Cats tonight. Five o'clock puck drop at Amerant Bank Arena. They changed the name on that one again, I believe, eh? Was what that was
3: just new this season?
0: I don't know. I, I did... thought it
3: was the BB&T Center. Uh,
0: I, I, I think it's that's what it is. Amerant Bank Arena. All right. I never even heard of that bank. I don't know. <laughs> Must be uh, one of those New Age what was, banks. The one, there was with one, no fees. <laughs>
3: you free, know free unlimited e transfers.
0: Uh, speaking of that, I I think I just saw the uh, new John Travolta commercial. I think it's for Capital One. So he's dressed as Santa Claus, but it's like uh, from Staying Alive. Okay, remember? Yeah, Saturday I, Night Fever. Yeah,
3: I, okay, I know, you know, what, you know. I know what you're referencing, but I have not seen that commercial come across it's my screen bad. yet.
0: It's not bad, Duke. It's another one you've got to uh, check out. That's the uh, puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Head to Fountain Tire. FountainTire.com. Check out the winter tire lineup, plus the seasonal tire storage situation. Well, when we come back, we'll wrap things up. We'll a little chit-chat with the Duke as they get ready for Fantasy Frenzy. Maybe recap a little bit of the NFL last night and uh, a little more Oilers. Plus, we'll get to some of your texts. one Give us a call as well. We can talk about Duke's performance last night at Claire Drake. That's coming up after the break on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Personal text coming in from Darcy. Okay, Homer, 89 Great Cup, the best. Come on, how about 2005? And yes, 2005 was an unbelievable Great Cup. The Edmonton Eskimos defeated Montreal 38 35, double overtime. Ricky Ray, Anthony Calvillo, easily number one, he says. I'll put that one in the top three, too. So maybe that's now I gotta put. I guess I gotta go yesterday. Put it to top four. Duke is that how I I guess?
3: That I does know. seem to be the natural procession. If you're sliding someone else into the top three, at uh, that,
0: yeah, normally that's what numerically them, yeah. Thank it you, makes tips. sense. Thank you tips. Yes, yes. numerically. Oh man, uh, text coming in. Uh, well, it looks like Jason Moss can coach in the CFL. Happy for him. Elks loss again. That comes from JJ. Uh, how about this uh, post on social media? From former double ear, former Eskimo, Calvin McCarty. Passionate as a player and coach, hot headed to those who don't understand what it takes or took to get there. It also helps when the GM and the head coach are on the same page, then in brackets, not the same person. Congrats to coach Moss. Proud to call my former teammate and my coach a great cup champion as a coach. Uh hashtag #bone. And you know what bone is, right? Duke, I think you do.
3: Just B O N E.
0: B O N E. That has I'm been I'm not bo- familiar. Okay, I'm gonna, bone in has, this context I yes. should say I'm not familiar. This goes back uh 50 years maybe. Maybe more, uh, probably to the mid-70s, I would think. I, You know what? We're going to get uh, my buddy Dave Jamison, I know, is listening. He's going to tell me when it exactly started. But hashtag bone is an acronym for Brotherhood of Nasty Eskimos. And that started a long time ago, I believe, in the 78 to 82 team, kind of in that area. And if you played for them... You are known as Bone, and that is, you know, they had the sign. I believe Dwayne Mandruzik has the sign now that was in the locker room, once in Eskimo, always in Eskimo. I think he has that sign. No one else would probably have it, but that's where it is. Going to be a good night. Duke, Monday night football, so that will be kind of staggered. The Oilers played 5 o'clock, Monday night football, 6.20 for the kickoff. Interesting evening. I love the 5 o'clock games, though, for the Oilers. I'm a big fan. I love it. Really excited for that. You got all your prep work done. We know exactly where we're going, right, with the show You know, you never, the 8 o'clock games on the, well, how about there were a couple 8.30 starts here already. Yeah. One in San Jose. Well, San Jose is always 7.30 local time. So 8.30 here. Could you imagine if all the people that wanted, uh, I guess, daylight savings time, all the the Oiler games would be at 9 o'clock out there, 9.30. That would have been a 9.30 start time.
3: So many people are, like, Everybody hates daylight savings. That mm-hmm. seems pretty um, across the board, universal. But I don't think people, or at least a lot of people, fully understand that. Like, what they hate is the actual enactment of daylight <laughs> savings, and like people think that right now is the bad time. No, this is normal. This is how it's supposed to be. Like, daylight savings time is over. It's the summer where we're actually like tricked into thinking that mm-hmm. the sun stays up later than it does. <laughs> so, and uh, there, this there are a lot of. Old wives' tales, and then it goes back to like it was the because farmers, of farming right? and yeah. stuff, but that has been kind of debunked. And maybe in its origins, it was, but like there is no farmer no. fighting to keep daylight savings time in action today, right? It why do flash you? the animals don't care no. what time it is? They're not the they
0: biological don't. clocks run the same. There is no wristwatch on the cow's leg. Right. so
3: it uh, oh. it's yeah, D- daylight savings time is a little whack, and Saskatchewan doesn't do it, and Arizona doesn't do it, and a few people have. Pulled out uh, from operating in in terms of state or provincial areas, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I I'm actually wouldn't be surprised if it's too far down the line that it's Alberta? completely uh, eliminated. I don't know.
0: This is this could be a bigger topic than the LRT situation. This, well, we I,
3: I don't know. Yeah, pick a pick a topic. What will stir things up the most? <laughs> well, that's LRT, daylight savings, well,
0: or donaires. What? Yeah, donaires <laughs> would be number one. We had more comments about donaires last Friday than. I can remember.
3: Well, that's because the Oilers had won, so.
0: Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Imitation Tom says, texting in at one 401 Just spent the last two weeks in enemy territory. Vancouver Media spent about 50% of their time over the last two weeks talking about the Oilers, and I couldn't help but think, we don't even think about you, which is quite true. They are obsessed with us. Well, that would be one. All you need is one one sentence there, imitation Tom. Five to zero. Five Stanley Cups, zero Stanley Cups. I guess they made it to a few finals out in Vancouver. 94 was a tough one, wasn't it? That's coming up. I wonder if they're going to have an anniversary party for finishing second in 94. And then, what was it, 2010 Boston? Is that what it was with the riots? Can't even remember 2011, 2011? 2011 cup final. Yes, man, Vancouver did the country proud there, didn't they? Yes, man, what a joke! <laughs> Very embarrassing. Uh, they're spirited. Yeah, they really loved, spirited. Yeah. yeah they, well,
3: they must have. Uh, you must have been trotting out the same takes. Uh, Twelve years ago, saying that Vancouver was a bad sports town, so they had to. I agree. Listen. They had to rally, and we're like, "Oh, Kevin carries things are a bad sports town. Let's go uh, turn over some police cars and
0: yeah, make okay. the
3: general public feel
0: afraid." So we said it last Friday. I said Vancouver is a is a bad sports town. I'll say it again right now: Vancouver is a bad sports town. Did we get any comments last week? No. Are we going to get any comments today? No. Nah. Vancouver, you're a bad sports town. You don't support your teams when they're down. Look at how many, you know, everything's going just great right now with the Canucks, even though they lost Saturday night. But took a while to get the Lions going again. The Whitecaps pff, hit and miss, hit and miss again. Maybe you put on the Olympics, they were okay out there. I don't know. Stu texts in. Here's our fourth comment or our fourth topic. Add bike lanes to the list. So now we got bike lanes. We've got LRT and then of course we do have now daylight savings time. There it is, imitation Tom. Vancouver. Just like Vancouver just like their city fair weather fans, just like their city fair weather. Vancouver is a bad sports town. Comes from Alfred Hmm. Actually the score is 3 nothing, but I live in the present. What does that mean? Oh, the fact that Vancouver beat the Oilers 3 nothing or 3 times this year. Uh very good. That comes from Tim. Actually the score is 3 nothing, but I live in the present. Actually Vancouver is a good sports town. Edmonton is a great hockey town. Tim. Uh Jumpin' Jack Flash comes in. Kevin, I really like your interview spots with Laurie Ann. What is the best way to reach out to her for coaching slash consulting? She's very good. A phone or email would be appreciated. Thanks in advance, and your show is good. That comes from Jumpin' Jack Flash. We'll get you uh, that. I'll tell you what you should do, Jumpin' Jack Flash. Send us your number on the text line, and then I will give that to Laurie Ann, and she will contact you or your email. Send us your email. That's the easiest way. Send us your email, we'll forward that to Lorraine and she will get in touch with you. Duke, what do you make of tonight's Oilers Florida game? To get a split in 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 the state of Florida would be massive. Can't go I mean now you're looking again. We talked about being 500 on this trip or even better 2-1 one, and 1 would be a good trip. But I mean Florida without Barkov, eh.
3: Barkov is uh, and and Bill said it like he is just as important to the Panthers team as as Connor and Leon are to to the Oilers. So it'll be a big loss for them, but they are deep. Their defense is outstanding. Uh, Bobrovsky likely to get the uh, the net tonight. Um, he's been you know about as hot a cold hot and cold of a goaltender as we've seen in the NHL over the past mm-hmm. uh, half a dozen years plus. So it's a it's an interesting matchup. I really want to see what, uh, or how Calvin Pickard fares in the net. Um, I think the team might um, try and tighten things up, like get an extra effort to button down, knowing that you've got a guy back there who uh, has had pretty limited experience in the NHL over the past number of seasons. But I think he's more than capable of holding mm-hmm. his own. He has experience still. like we, We've said it uh, when they first recalled him. He played, what, 50 games for the, the Avalanche yep. that season? not too much success mind you as at least as a team his individual numbers weren't all that bad all things considered so all that and then the Oilers power play it, it has to be better than it's been in the last uh, last stretch McDavid Leon have to get going and get some points on the sheet they talked about it with Speck in yep. his most recent piece so there's there's no shortage of things to keep an eye on like we talked about the the Monday night football game and all the storylines there there's a lot of storylines to follow in this Oilers game tonight so I'm looking forward to it
0: Andy S, the carpet guy, texts in. Hey, Kevin, I think the Oilers need a real defensive beast of a centerman. Boy, wouldn't that Barkov look good? Uh, We have plenty of offensive players, but not enough guys that play defense. Thanks, Andy S, the carpet guy. (laughs) Hammer says, barring a trade, Pickard will become the number one goalie. Mm, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't it be something if he just all of a sudden gets on a roll here? Just gets on a roll.
3: Crazier things have happened. We saw Andrew Hammond uh, yep. carry the Ottawa Senators to the playoffs when he at, did not belong in the NHL, look at Vegas. frankly. Like.
0: Vegas last year with all the goalies they went through, like True. five goalies that the, the Golden Knights had to go through, uh, and not enough credit goes to uh, Sean Burke, goaltending coach in uh, Vegas. NFL last night and yesterday, was there one? I, I, I kind of thought I thought Detroit was lucky to win that game, and you touched Very. on it. Uh, How about the spread moves up eh? off uh, safety on the end, the very last?
3: Yeah, so basically, if anybody (laughs) missed it, the line was eight, I think, or eight and a half, and if after Hutchinson forces the fumble – if he pounces on it in the end zone, it's, they cover. But instead, <laughs> Darnell Wright absolutely punts it out the back for a safety instead, and they win by oh. uh, just five. Which, yes, I was on that. I, I had a pretty rough day yesterday. Yeah, I'll be I was going to
0: ask. So you had the it was a push on the Houston I game. Got, right? I got
3: a push on the Houston game. I I had a very good feeling about the Jags. They were six and a half favorites over the Titans, who are. Very bad. The, mm-hmm. the Titans stink. So the Jags kind of get back on track. And now next week's game between Houston and Jacksonville will be for first place in the division. Uh, Houston already beating Jacksonville once this year, so they will have the tiebreaker uh, should they win again next week. Um, and then Chargers lose in heartbreaking fashion. The the Seahawks lose late. The Broncos or the Vikings lose late. Those are all teams I had on the money line. The commanders, we already talked about the Giants and uh, Tommy Danny DeVito down there slinging it in New Jersey. Like, it was a a weird day in the NFL.
0: I was just flicking through the channels too on, uh, and I I heard Terry Bradshaw say, the New York Giants will never win another game this year. And you knew, oh, oh, here's the kiss of death right there. And uh, Houston, I mean, uh, uh, Washington was just terrible. You know, they had a chance to win it again at the end. Uh, Pick six goes the other way.
3: Uh, they are bad. Yeah, it was. It's weird. The Jared Goff threw three interceptions yesterday. Was the Lions, the Lions still booed. win, but then Sam Howell throws three interceptions, they lose. Yeah. C.J. Stroud throws three interceptions, they win. win yeah. It, it, Defense has not been the Texans' calling card this year. And, yes, the Cardinals' offense is far from uh, electric. But the, the Texans came with a couple big stops there after Stroud, Stroud turned the ball over a couple times yeah. in the fourth quarter. So you got to give credit where it's due. And it was kind of the defense uh, winning the game in the second half. For them. I
0: think the quote of the day goes to uh, Najee Harris for the Steelers <laughs> about the Steelers', Steelers offensive off. struggles. Oh. I'm just tired of this expletive. <laughs> yeah. But Jalen Warren seemed to be just fine, didn't he?
3: Yeah, I... I don't know if Jalen Warren is really that fast or well, if he's just that fast compared to watching Najee Harris because they are so different mm-hmm. as running backs and the Steelers are like they're still in a playoff spot as of today but that was a huge win for the Browns mm-hmm. and now that they've signed Joe Flacco to the practice squad <laughs> so he might uh, maybe they'll just run like a rotation of DTR, Joe Flacco oh, and PJ man. Walker in under seven. What center. have we come to? One week at a time. You only got to win us what one game. What have we come to? They don't ask any one quarterback to win back-to-back games. They just flip them in and out, man.
0: Uh, thanks to all our guests, and thanks to our listeners for uh, being a big part of our show today, uh, texting in. Uh, really appreciate all your comments. Uh, our guest, Derek Van Deest, NHL.com. Laurie Ann Munzer, our co-host from 8 to 10. Mark Spector, Scott Taylor in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, Matt Berlin, Golden Bears uh, goaltender. Uh, Dave Spadaro from the Philadelphia PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Uh, Great conversation with uh, James Hamlin's father, Tim. And a great moment on Saturday for the Oilers forward. And Bill Lindsay from the Florida Panthers uh, television network and color analyst. Uh, Thanks to you again, our listeners, for being a part of the show and being uh, a part uh, of uh, your morning. Letting us be a part of your morning. Coming up at the top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with...
3: Former Rosh T. T-Bird.
0: Connor Alley and the Duke of Delburn at uh, 12 o'clock. The lowdown with Alan Mitchell. And then at 2 o'clock, Jason Greger takes us home on Sports 1440 with the Jason Greger Show from 2 to 6. Thanks for listening today. Uh, Grant Fuhrer will be our co-host tomorrow, as he is every Tuesday. Have a wonderful day. Oilers in action tonight. uh, At the top of the hour, again, Fantasy Frenzy. First up, here is the Duke with a Sports 1440 update.